welcome to the curious list podcast in this episode i speak to rakesh om prakash mera a celebrated filmmaker who has directed films such as rangde basanti bhag milka bhag mirzia and tufan he speaks to me about his recently released autobiography titled the stranger in the mirror available in bookstores and online and shares his stories about his childhood growing up in delhi and his foray into the world of advertising and the movies thank you rakesh for joining me today hi how, how are you anmol i'm doing well thank you thanks for having me over here no worries So, you know before i get into asking you more questions about the book i first wanted to ask you a technical question about the book which is that you have qr codes uh, in the book and that's the first time a book in india has one and when a reader sort of scans this qr code it takes you takes them to the particular scene and song that you're talking about uh, how did this idea come about uh it's uh we were just uh, kind of you know uh crossing the t's dotting the i's finishing the book uh and then um i must admit it was never in the plan as such but uh, then when the thought came up i i always felt is there some way you know uh will will the readers uh how to remind them or for the uninitiated who haven't seen the movies to get a context as to and the subtext of what's been was the written word is because i make movies and so so just for a for a connect it all felt right and then organically it it kind of uh, worked out yeah and i heard there's been a good response about this qr code also a lot of people have enjoyed it uh that's for you to tell me okay <laughs> <laughs> so you know it took i i read that it took 4 years uh to write this book and i know that you have collaborated with uh, there's a co-writer uh, rita ramamurthy gupta but what was the process of uh, writing this book like and uh, the idea of having these multiple narrators in this book uh, tell me about that we would have uh, long conversations uh, between me and rita and she would very patiently hear me out and uh then uh i would write my chapters and she would go and speak to the multiple narrators as you call them so whether it was manoj bajpai or whether it was faran or sonam or abhishek or mr murthy murthy sir or rehman shankar sandoy all of them who are there in the book uh amir and and their words uh, what they have spoken have been used verbatim at best what the editor of the book has done as she is uh, just tweaked with the grammar and some uh, here and there other than that uh, uh, we haven't touched those so those are their voices and uh, then uh, whenever i would get a window i would write something down or rewrite but i must say uh uh rita gupta has uh, made sense of whatever i was talking to her and i was uh, i normally talk disjointedly 
it's a miracle that she made a book out of it uh i want to ask you about your years in delhi i read that you initially were very interested in swimming and you were you were in the selection camp of the asian games in 1982 just speak to me about your childhood years uh and your teen years in delhi i still i'm very interested in swimming ah okay <laughs> uh i try and swim every day mm-hmm. um i i love the water mm uh it all started when i was pretty young and uh my father just threw me in the pool and it i must be 3 years old mm. and i don't know how much water i drank but <laughs> definitely the fear of water got out of me yeah um then uh because he was working in a hotel in delhi uh, claridge's hotel very british hotel very colonial in newton's delhi uh we had permission to swim there in the hotel pool so i would most of my time would go there outside school time um then very fortunate to get into balbharti air force school where uh, we had the most amazing mentor and principal in the world her name was mrs bakshi and she was very keen um on academics yes but she balanced it with sports and co curricular so uh, she laid huge emphasis on every student playing something or the other um and so uh i tried my hands uh in cricket um yeah i was so so player and like decent but uh, my school team was very strong we had six or seven uh you know uh like uh under 17 india cricket players at that point under 17 or 19 i don't know what they called it uh at that there was gursharan there was maninder there was karun pal there was harsh lakraj pawan and they were all playing for junior india so i would normally find myself sitting in the bench <laughs> <laughs> so we <laughs> which kind of uh um so one day i met the swimming coach and i said uh, here i am so i want to join the school team and he said do you have a costume i said yeah i am carrying one mm. he said okay i'll time you right away uh and he timed me and i was fortunate to get in though i'm sure i did time very well <laughs> it required many years of training after that right and then the pool became the second home i still remember we school team used to practice in national stadium in delhi um which was where the first session games were held and it's is quite a uh destination in delhi you know right at the end of india gate the whole avenue from rashtrapati bhavan india gate and it ends at the national stadium and um which um uh, uh fared well in at at the school level and at the junior level uh represented delhi north zone captain delhi north zone and then got into college because of my sports uh, quota so i was a sports case in shriram college mm-hmm. 
in Delhi. Mm. And so, yeah, so one thing led to another. Uh, um, yeah, they was there, shortlisted for the camp for 80 to Asian Games, but never made it to the team. Uh, I was very young and uh, and I, everybody else was uh, better than me, but the team, but to be in the camp and there almost making it was a thrill in itself. Yeah, and, a, and a, probably a very good training ground also. You must have imbi- embodied a lot of things from there and just... Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, yeah. we had uh, some amazing coaches. Uh, so swimming and water polo is not such a celebrated sports in our country. But now it's gaining momentum. I'm very happy to see that. Uh, and so love for water continued. And, uh, and then even after I got into filmmaking and all that, I, I whenever got an opportunity, I want to, I wanted to, I always swim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask you about um, your pivot into filmmaking, I would say, because it seems like you were really into sports and really into swimming. And uh, how did, were you always also, was this a parallel track of sorts of filmmaking going on at the same time? Um, No, uh, you know, it's not like, I'm not like, I can't say it's parallel. Like um, sports, we, was never considered as a career, especially swimming. And back in my time, so no, no way. So I'm talking about the 80s now, early 80s, when I'm in college. So uh, there was always about, uh, so how will you get the bread and butter, earn the bread and butter and contribute to the family income as such. So one thing led to another. Uh, I started as a salesman, door to door. First salary was like four hundred rupees. Yeah, I read. I read that uh, you started selling mm-hmm. vacuum cleaners. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, it yeah. just came, it <laughs> yeah. came, uh, came naturally, and uh, I enjoyed meeting people. And then got into garment fabrication. Wanted mm. to be an entrepreneur. So along with a friend of mine, we started a factory. Uh, in Delhi itself, which grew to from like, uh, so we would like stitch clothes for the exporters and for big brands like Gap and Giorgio Armani and all that. Everybody does that. We were no special. And uh, from like eight, 10 tailors, we grew to 300. And uh, I would say a, a middle to big size in the first 18 months itself. When I, but curiously, I was always uh, attracted towards uh, advertising in a way. I didn't know the A of advertising, I had no clue what it was. But you know, uh, the the adverts in the paper, I think uh, somewhere earlier, I had done a summer job in an advertising agency for two summers in a row to make some pocket money. So maybe there, uh, something got planted uh, deep inside. So one finally I told my friend, listen, the business belongs to you, all yours. There's nothing like, uh, so I would be moving on and getting into advertising. So he understood and uh, he was very supportive. Still we are best friends. and. Uh, yeah, so I joined one advertising agency, 
in Delhi called Media Communication Systems. We had a client in Mazda. So uh, they took a liking for me. They sent me to Japan and where I did some orientation into, you know, worked in the factory for a month. Uh, I worked in a dealership, worked in a petrol pump and then finally worked in an advertising agency their agency called Dentsu, which was the largest in the world that time. And this is all when I'm like 22 years old, 22, 23. And uh, absolutely my parents had no clue what I was doing. And I had, and to be very frank, even I didn't have, I wouldn't say no clue, but I, I was still searching. And uh, so one thing led to another, um, did an in-house ad film, mm-hmm. and which kind of worked out. Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to ask you about this, this ad filmmaking, because right now I think that you were more in the advertising agency role with the company, but not really filmmaking. Uh, uh, I, so I guess at that time, uh, film, films were made in-house in the advertising agency, unlike today, right? A lot of times. So, uh, no, 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 not yeah. not really. In fact, these days, I believe more. Those days, we never made an announcement. Oh, okay. So, what led never, you to ever. making a making a film? I mean, was that something that you knew that you could uh, that you you had that you know like you know, I, when I speak to other filmmakers, they kind of knew from the beginning that you know they used to just love for cinema and go to the cinemas all the time. Was were you like that, or did it just advertising bring you to the movies? No, I think it's. Uh... I believe in flowing with the water. So there was absolutely no plans as to that. Uh, I, I'll be manufacturing garments or I'll be doing advertising. And when doing advertising that I'll end up making ad films. And then absolutely no idea that I'll make. Yes, I love cinema like all of us, like millions of us, but um, also didn't have the bandwidth. Hmm to say what to do, how to do, but you know, your instincts, they, they, they keep nudging you in the right direction. So I think I followed my instincts and, uh, and I still try to do that in the choice of my subjects and the movies I make. And tomorrow, I don't know what I'll be doing. So that's another story. That's, but that's amazing because, you know, a lot of people right now are just looking for plans. Everyone likes to have structure, right? A lot of structure that I want to know what I'm going to do, but rarely do we really know what we're going to do, but at least I want to know what I want to do. And you seem to be okay with the uncertainty of the future. I'm, I'm not okay. I'm very happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. I've made friends with that because uh, it will just worry you to death and you can't live today for tomorrow. Because if you keep planning for tomorrow a lot and 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 that becomes your like securing your future, what you'll your today will start sucking then. And and you'll end up missing the now moment. So as long as you are in the moment today and now, uh, and you're working and walking towards the right direction, I guess. Tomorrow will fall in place for whatever it's worth. Otherwise, you can plan a lot and still, uh, you know, it, it, it's 
never it, it, nothing it, really goes as per plan in the end no no it <laughs> might it might go as per plan yeah. also now here's yeah. the flip side to it it might it might really go as per plan and you might really build a great career and then midlife crisis will hit you and you said hey i really didn't want to do this this is not what i really wanted to do it was not about just making money or you know having the first car first apartment first this thing all that all that and 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 then and then you're left wondering what that way i've been very lucky i must say i have to admit yeah 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 and you know you took your first step uh, after your advertising you you made a lot of ad films and then you took your first step into writing and directing your first feature film which was ux and how different was the advertising film making to the feature film making and where did you get this like how did you hone the skill to write a script and and you know just direct a feature film and how did you, how did that all come about um at times was long time back i i don't remember the person who used to being had films um it's, it's like you're talking like 20 years ago more than that uh i don't remember the person who made tofan which just got released in july <laughs> so uh because that that's somebody else who did it you you have to move on and evolve and keep growing either ways you are either going growing up or you're going down uh being stagnant is very boring anyway so yeah, yeah so actions and features are apples and oranges uh, there's nothing in common whatsoever except that there are few techniques like you shoot both with the camera you record sound you do some background music you do some editing but in advertising you are working under the umbrella of marketing you're essentially selling 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 hard selling you're selling coke you're selling pepsi you're, you're selling you know you're selling soaps you're selling motorcycles you're selling cars feature films uh, is different is telling stories and it is you connect uh one human connects to another human in a very different way so i connect uh to my audiences emotionally not that in actions you don't but these are deeper and more basic emotions then serving uh a want in you a desire like you know i feel thirsty so i'll have a coke no this is more about that, that there's a much deeper meaning out here i think i was searching for that to express myself a lot more um the writer in me actually emerged with rangebasan uh with ux ux to were dabbling and uh, was very far away from writing a screenplay but i enjoyed the process so much i realized that uh, i can get decent performances out of actors though i was blessed with working with some of the greatest actors in my first film uh, mr bachchan manoj ravina uh gujar bhai uh but something which is very early i realized that it's a very different animal than to tell stories um the, the art of writing screenplay 
is so important and it was uh, it's very different from you know writing a playwright or novel and i'd never read a single scene screenplay in my life so then i started watching movies for the next couple of years reading lots of screenplays and screenplay gurus whatever so it was almost self taught and in the meantime writing rangdev basanti and then we made that film and so i understood that i can write also uh, and writing though uh, it was very slow earlier because then the practice makes you so much better and um uh, uh, grammar was all wrong it's still very wrong <laughs> uh but the expression somewhere was correct yeah. well kept feeling correct to me and sometimes you force certain things and they really don't work out when they translate to screen yeah right right um i wanted to ask you about your relationship with uh, ar rahman who has written the forward uh, in your book uh, you know he composed uh, music for two of your films rangdeep basanti and delhi 6 uh, what was the relationship with with him like and uh, you've now you've teamed up with other music composers as well how what has been different different as in uh, they're different people hmm. so it's like um, that is the only difference and and had as much fun with shankar asan loy as much with airman and with shankar asan loy i've done the last four films uh bhagwan ka bhag to fun and mirzia and a small little gem called mere pyare prime minister and the next film i'm working with ar uh and uh, so it it was like uh, uh like working with ar is like for me whatever he composes is magic uh whatever comes out of him organically is is so beautiful and we would uh, we would have long sessions of just hanging out not doing anything talking watching a movie together uh i would take a trip uh, if he was you know on a show in in the in europe or U- us this travel with him a bit have some coffee um this this and i i've never told him about the the songs i want i've always spoke to him about why am i making this film and you know and and then the songs and the music was would come out itself it was not like let's do a romantic song you know and let's do a disco number let's do a a rap here or this thing that kind of limits you i also found a spiritual connect with him and uh because uh silences are very long sometimes all night because he loves to work in the night we would not speak a single word with each other yeah so i would i would just work on my script and make the for the next film or the film i was shooting and he would compose and he would suddenly pop in after two hours and say mr mera listen to this uh something is there and then he would play like 
I still remember there's a song song in Delhi Delhi 6 called Arziyan and we were uh, that was the first song I felt uh, uh, I wanted to do uh, something around there you know like Sufi uh, Kavali uh, of this American boy NRI who comes to India who's half Muslim half Hindu and and that song was the last song to be composed the whole album happened and then uh one night he he just uh, slept for two hours woke up and he said the the tune has come in his dreams and and he and uh, he had done something and he played uh, gave me the headphones and i heard it it was 35 minutes and i still remember somewhere around the 30 32 minute i said this is i felt very good here the refrain and he said yeah so he was just jamming he basically the cool thing is he jam, when he jams something comes out it's not a purpose abhi aisa karte hain it's not too much calculation and that's when the magic happens so i basically me like a, a wonder struck kid was witnessing magic and miracles happen all the time sitting in one corner of the recording studio that's about it my contribution is that much and in between make a lot of copy yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and is this the same way that you work with even shankar isan loy where you just speak about you know the essence of the film and stuff or is it is very different working style uh, with them which shankar uh, isan loy is slightly different now we have a music session so i start cooking in the morning so i just end up with some food and and then uh, asan ends up lands up with something cooked in his house and uh, we normally they start work at 11:30 unlike rahman who starts work at 11:30 in the night they start in the uh, noon so we go in we say okay kya kare kya kare khana khate hain so then next two hours we are eating and then uh that's it i just spread out on their sofa take out my laptop work on my script and they do something and then they play it for me and that's how we work yeah so it it's not uh it's not and uh the with, with both of them uh with matlab with, with all four of them i must say they are and shankar hasan and law it's the whole idea is to uh experimenting will be the wrong word but is to keep searching and and keep exploring a lot and uh i i always believe that each song is uh and each movie and each shot and each performance and each camera angle is unique to itself and should be original aisa nahi are aisa karte wo wo nahi hai ye reference ye gana suno kitna aisa karte that translates into what they create i think and is uh, my most beautiful time is in the is in the recording studios uh the afterword of your book uh, has been written by amir khan and uh, of course your collaboration with him in rang the basanti was a great success but can you speak to me about your uh, relationship with amir i call him krishna <laughs> uh, he is uh, he's larger than life not just as an actor but as a human being and uh, is a huge friend 
uh, in the sense it doesn't mean if you are friends you have to be meeting each other every day day in and day out but even if we meet after one year we pick up from where we left actually uh we definitely spend all diwalis together for the last 15 16 years um when everything is done then we just spend that whole night together just uh just hanging out because that's one day nobody works uh uh and there are very few days like that uh but he's always been there for me he was a huge uh, pillar uh during the making of rangte basanti because i was quite a novice in this industry and the film did see a lot of up and ups and downs especially uh where the financing of the film was concerned so he 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 was quite a guiding force there and uh stood rock solid behind me even when we could not mount the production with the shooting kept getting postponed and his dates were getting wasted and everybody around him was telling him to do this film later pehle hamari wali kar le but he believed in the script and he believed in me so we kind of uh worked out in the end um it's amazing working with him uh and and spending time with him is more important than working uh and uh the good part is that uh, we absolutely agree with each other to disagree with each other so there it's uh, i think that's where the trick is you know my last question is that uh, considering so much has changed uh, in the last last year and a half with the world going so hyper digital what advice would you give younger filmmakers who are starting out today just tell stories you believe in uh and if you can say something through your work uh that's even better and just be yourself make the cinema that appeals to you first uh i do understand that it's a commercial thing but you can only do justice to the commercial aspect of it if you're doing what you feel is right and what you are good at and not trying to emulate success and uh too much has been said about digital non digital well there were silent movies and there were talkies there were black and white and color so we've been tell and before that when there were no movies there was stage theater all that so we've been telling stories for the longest time and medium will keep changing so today it's okay the uh there are many more platforms uh it is relatively much 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 easier to technically tell a story that you can make a movie on your phone if you want and movies are being made on phone and uh, so there is nothing new that i'm saying 
uh, and tomorrow even this might be obsolete there might be vr ar uh immersive films uh films where you can participate where you are part of it uh inside the film films where you can choose plots as an audience so all this experiments are going on in the world i i uh been to some studies and uh, some schools across the world uh been part of some uh you know gatherings where we speak a lot about uh the future of storytelling so which is all uh, so uh, don't get too carried away by the technique of it that's all i would say and and the digital of it that is just a platform that is not the storyteller the storyteller in you is the storyteller that's a distribution platform and fortunately for you is working in your favor right well thank you so much nagesh uh, so that was a wonderful conversation thank you so much for your time not all thank you so much anmol for having me all the best yeah thanks for listening to this episode of the curious list podcast This podcast is hosted by me Anmol Karnik and is produced by Curious List with music by Sanjeev Malik. Music